0: Hi there, my name is Nong and I would love to welcome you guys to the second episode of Where's the Podcast. Today we talk about LGBTQIA rights and how it is to be queer in India. Um, also, before we begin, I would love to give a massive shout out to Rucha and Jaya Krishnan. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Hi there, my name is Nong and I would love to welcome you guys to the second episode of Where's the Podcast.
1: And hello, my name is Noel and I'm the co-host today and today we are talking about LGBT people and all their problems and all that shit. Okay,
0: so let me introduce you guys to our guest today. Um, I would love to mention. Uh, I would love to introduce you guys to uh, Marnina.
2: Hey guys, I'm your favorite communist queer bong person. <laughs> And I'm gender-fluid, trans-feminine, pansexual. I know they very heavy terms, but just Google them.
0: And I would love to introduce you guys to Manu. Hi
3: guys, it's Manu here. Um, and I'm a fully outed bisexual. And it's great to be here.
0: Okay, so now that we're done with the intros, let's start with the questioning. And my first question to you guys would be, how do you guys feel about LGBTQIAAP rights in India? Um, Marina, you could go first.
2: Hmm. Um, queer rights in India. How would you take non-existent for an answer Noel? So, okay. um, <laughs> before, yes, before some cishet people start typing section 377, let's look at some things now. Yes, I agree. Section 377 was taken down. <laughs> very big step and what did we get? We finally got the right to exist. You see, I'm yeah. a person of bigger appetite. <laughs> I am not and I think no one would be just satisfied with the right to just exist. We don't have the right to adopt, mm-hmm. don't have the right to marry and a hell lot of stuff. Trans people like the sex change surgeries for trans people and their procedures and protocols are mostly laid down by people. So we yeah. do not have proper recognition and representation. Now, this lack of representation leads to inefficient laws. Mm-hmm. And now, if we look at this, this problem is very much deep-rooted. Society discriminates against us, which leads us to lack... I I, like I hope nobody gets offended, but I can't find a better terminology here. Lack backward than the cishets in terms that we get high dropout rates, we have higher suicide rates, and then society uses those things to scrutinize us. So it's
1: It's Mm -hmm. systematic
2: discrimination. So Mm
1: -hmm.
2: there is no proper recognition or legal rights. Section Mm -hmm. 377, again, was a huge step, but we have a long way to go, and I think even more than that, we need to Make actual object changes in objective conditions of the community. No amount of films, no amount of books, no amount of laws will ensure proper lives for queer people until and unless the society, the queer phobia inside the society is countered. Ev- everything, yeah. like <clears throat> the films, the books, the articles, all of these are idealistic. And tokenist changes, which will not matter in the greater in the greater game of time, they yeah. will just fade. Actual material changes need to be made. Actual changes in objective conditions of the community. We have to make sure that queer people do not face bullying. That queer people do not have to face systematic discrimination at the hands of. These are the small idealist changes. We need actual changes in the objective conditions of the community. We need to make sure that queer people do not face discrimination on the basis of this discrimination because of their sexuality in educational institutes or in their workplaces. We have to make sure that trans the trans community does not have to face systematic oppression from institutions like the police, which is very common. and. We also have to ensure that, you know, trans people get proper cells in their jailhouses. Even though the (laughs) judiciary gives us the right to affirm our gender, we have many cases where trans women were put in male cells, which led to sexual assaults, and trans men were put into female cells, which again led to sexual assaults. So we have to take all of these things in in consideration. And until and unless we change these conditions, we change these things, as I stated earlier, no amount of films, no matter how good a film is, no amount of (laughs) no Hindi, if you ever Hindi remake some good gay movies, like, you know, call me by your name. None of these things will matter because the socio-economic conditions in society will just make it impossible for the community to overcome the oppression.
0: So, um, that was great, Martina. Um, uh, Manu, would you like That's to have no, a take um, at it?
2: That is what my partner yeah. like, each and every time we have like... sex.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I did not get what Marnina said yeah, that's
1: Why? So she
3: <laughs> That's what she I said that nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, that was a great point, Marnina. Um Manu, would you like to have I a go at it?
3: Marnina has said a lot of the points that she said. Although Marnina's point shows the reality of, you know, um the lgbtq I would all like to add i would like to bring up the positive side where there are many people who are allies and are very open to the community and and although it's very little i guess it deserves to be appreciated
0: mhm so as uh, um, i mean i would agree with you mado like i know like the community like the part of society that actually is um, appreciative of the Don't
2: Pay any attention to mental health. Mm-hmm. And when there is another layer of problem, another layer of problem arises for queer people, that is our queer identity. Yeah. It creates a very... It creates an identity crisis. If we study psychology, we will see that in childhood,
1: mm-hmm.
2: we learn from the society okay, this is what the people of this social level are supposed to do and Mm -hmm. this is what the people of this social level are supposed to do. This Mm -hmm. is very much prevalent in gender roles but more on gender roles later. Now if a child during the puberty cannot affirm to these roles
1: Mm -hmm.
2: these acts, these rules set up by society, Mm -hmm. they go through a crisis yeah they think okay I cannot fit in these labels they feel that they are not normal Mm -hmm. that they are not human they are something alien Mm
1: -hmm.
2: which puts them in an identity crisis
1: yeah
2: which every queer person has to go through until a very small minority might not have to go through Mm -hmm. but in our society every queer person has to go through an identity crisis yeah and then we have lack of awareness about mental health yeah these two combined they kill i think they kill and queer person from inside
1: yeah
2: every day they kill a queer person from the inside mm-hmm. from the inside of their mind mm-hmm. on one side you have identity crisis
1: mm-hmm.
2: on the other you have lack of mental health awareness yeah, and it's terrible, which leads to higher suicide rates.
1: Yeah, so they would rather kill leads themselves, to higher dropouts. Yeah,
2: and then society, especially the right wing mm-hmm. mostly the right wing, yeah. they point out hey, okay, you have higher suicide rates, mm-hmm. so you're not you must be unnatural. Yeah, which again is a very stupid argument, but what else can you expect from the right wing? Yeah, so. First, they discriminate us leading to those statistics. Then mm-hmm. they use those statistics to systematically oppress us.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like breaking That's someone's leg happening. and asking why can't they walk?
2: Huh. Yeah.
0: Precisely. Great yeah. analogy.
2: That is what happens. That is the problem with queer mental health ideas and of course, the problem of queer the lack of queer affirmative counsellors was brilliantly summed up by Manu so yeah, yeah we have that
1: and so, and so as you said that the queer people go through an identity crisis and so hmm. it's also called gender dysphoria I think is that it
2: no 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 see gender dysphoria is for trans people oh I see whose gender does not match with their.
0: moving to the third question um how do you guys feel about um education about queer people how do you like do you guys think our education system does justice in representing the community and if if you guys think that we're doing a good or a bad job in making the younger generations aware of <laughs> the, the existence one, of queer people um, manu i would like you to go even... first
3: have sex education <laughs> what queer representation in the education system there's no there's not even sex education i i mean just saying so when it comes to the education system there's honestly nothing zero and when it comes to the awareness that the society has right if you come to a more um urban area, there is a lot of education on it. And there is a lot of awareness on it. But there's also a lot of negative take on it too. And if you are to go to a rural area, nope, nothing at all. Um, I mean, this is as far as I know. And, and also, even in the rural area, so this leads to trans people not being able to be their authentic self or the queer people not being able to be their authentic self. Queer people coming out is like, uh, it seems like a huge sin to them. And this is also because there's not much awareness among the community there. And, this, and the rural area really focuses on a lot of honor and this leads to honor killing too.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. um, Marni, now would See, you like to have a take at this?
2: The representation of queer people in the education system or education around gender and sexual identities can be very well you know whether we have this education or not, this can be very well seen by the number of queer affirmative counselors we have as Manu stated key. We don't even have proper sex education. So forget about <coughs> ideas of various sexualities. Now, you see, this leads to problems as I earlier mentioned, identity crisis, a huge part of this can be avoided if schools try to normalize queer narratives. Like, you know, we are often taught about a family, okay, there will be a father or a mother and child or children, whatever it is, but there will be a father or mother, grandfather, grandmother. I think we should also mention that there, it is okay if there are fathers and there is that if you have a father and a father or a mother and a mother, and we also need to come out of the gender binary for the non-binary people. And we need to think about all of these we need to normalize the fact that it is okay to be attracted to the person of the same sex and schools play a huge role because from school life only we are, whenever we see a pair like a pair as one that can be emotionally connected and romantically connected, we look at, we look at such pairs as a man and not a man and a woman, but a male person and a female person. And this again, leads to a prevalence of cis-heteronormative narratives. All of this can be avoided if we were given proper education around queer identities, around our genders, if we were made more aware. Can you imagine how many lives you would have made better? You would have made better just by this. It is about that. We are taught taught nowhere about it. It is fine to do this, to do that. Even school counselors, as long stated, I don't have much experience with school counselors. My like, I don't have much experience. But as long and Manu is stated, even school counselors can be homophobic. And if I were to come to the teachers, I remember this one experience about this person in my batch. There was the there was a rumor around this person that okay, this person is gay. This boy there is gay. So basically. We had a teacher. I won't take any names. So, this teacher comes into the class. She pulls the boy outside. And she kind of gives him a whole lecture. Ki what the boy can do to cure this. She calls his parents. And, you know, she tells him ki, ha, you can do this. Parents, well, I didn't hear. But she tells him ki. Oh, you can do this. You can do that. And, you know, you can cure this. And the weirdest solution she gave that I still, that I remember till day to me is that it's pathetic and funny both at the same time. She told him ki, you take coriander leaves, you take some, no, no, listen to it. What do we call <laughs> karela in English? Bitter god. Bitter god. Bitter god. Yes, bitter god. Um take bitter some... God. Kya tha? You take some coriander, some bitter guard, some lemon, <coughs> and what was the last thing? Pomegranate. You take some pomegranate, mix, blend it in a blender, make it a juice, you know the semi-liquid that you have produced, put it in milk, Haan, smoothie, put it in a half glass of milk, add one spoon of curd, two spoons of sugar, mix it and drink it and you will get cured in one week. And I was like...
3: I am finding this very hard to believe. I I don't don't know why. I just can't seem to believe if this is true or not. I was getting the farewell. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Many people from our batch made her a card saying that recipe mentioning the same recipe and under the recipe it was written it was written ma'am, maybe you should try it instead of the boy's name so that you get cured of your queer phobia the cards were given anonymously so she could not take action against any of the people who did it but so yeah, that was her recipe
0: dude, that's so ballsy. I'm telling you that is like the yeah. most ballsy thing I've ever seen any person do like, wow.
2: Anyway, like, continue, keep. But so yeah, that was the teacher's solution to okay. queerness, I guess. And what do you expect when you have teachers like that? Of course, you will go through an identity crisis. You will be made feel as if you're diseased, as if you have some form of disease. It's not a mm-hmm. disease. And that's how it is. We need to improve representation for that, representation in the education field we need proper awareness about it. If we have a higher representation of queer people in the teaching community at all levels, then we will have better representation in textbooks and more awareness, which unfortunately ain't being done.
1: So is gender dysphoria that thing, the identity crisis? Like, what is it?
2: No, see, gender dysphoria and identity crisis are two separate.
1: And so, what is gender dysphoria? Like, how does it feel to have, to have it?
2: The thing about gender, see, we don't all have same experiences. And experiences about dysphoria can differ. Mm-hmm. But gender dysphoria is just a feeling for you where, you know, you have, let's say, a specific set of pronouns. Mm-hmm. You have a specific set yeah. of gender roles and roles assigned to you on the basis mm-hmm. of your sex. But whenever you try to fulfill these mm-hmm. roles, you, these pronouns, you, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You feel as if these don't yeah. fit you. As if something's wrong there. That, you know, that feeling of not belonging mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Oh my God! I don't belong anywhere. Something is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. This turns into an identity crisis. But this feeling that you cannot fit into your gender roles, into your assigned labels, into your pronouns—that feeling, that pain of somewhere being different, which we which we often mistake as mm-hmm. odd, but that pain of is what comes out as this. I see. Because you cannot, because you see, our gender roles are a huge part yeah. of our lives. They influence from how we talk about ourselves to how other people talk mm-hmm. about ourselves, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. us. From pronouns to clothes to everything. Mm-hmm. Now the thing becomes if you do not fit into these gender roles, these assigned roles, it. You feel like an outsider. And
1: yeah.
2: <clears throat> that feeling always stays. Mm-hmm. That is what dysphoria feels like. I
1: see. So is gender dysphoria something genetic? Or is it is it hormonal? Can it, is there a basis for it?
2: The basis for gender dysphoria... basically comes from the reasons or the basis of being transgender. I am not very apt in biology. I'll come clear. I'm not oh, in biology. Okay. Like, yeah, the only reason I could pass biology in eighth and ninth was thanks to the people sitting mm-hmm. around me. Thank you all.
1: So, is there a cure for gender dysphoria and like accept transition?
2: Yes, sex transition. And so,
1: like, wait. So, sex transition is a cure for gender dysphoria. And so, it is.
2: It is the closest thing you can find. And good. so
1: that's what trans people experience. And hmm. and I mean, there's a difference between sex and gender, right?
2: That is not, no, that calling it uh, the difference between sex and gender mm-hmm. would be wrong. It's how we experience dysphoria. If we were to look at the sex difference between sex mm-hmm. and gender, we would have to go into the idea of
3: gender roles and the I mean, the very fact the... yeah, come back to that I'd like yeah. to make it very short yeah. and simple um yes. the difference between sex and gender mm-hmm. gender is a social construct and sex is what you're assigned at in the birth at birth. I
1: see yes you're absolutely so right. Manu what's your Manu... what's your take on gender dysphoria and how does it feel I for you? Mean,
3: I've never really experienced gender dysphoria myself, so I can't really say much about it. Although, I have heard from a lot of people that, you know, after puberty or even before that, um, how they've described gender dysphoria in just one word would be miserable. I see. They feel so detached if you were to make it toward. okay,
1: Marneela. What were you saying?
2: No, I said that if you were to make it toward, I'd say it would be and this is also because there's,
3: there's like a huge detach that's, that's between it. being themselves and also following the society's expectations, and they're not mm-hmm. able to. Uh, yeah. level themselves up to the society's expectations, and this can also be a reason for gender dysphoria. I mean, this is as far as I know. That
2: is <laughs> largely a reason for gender dysphoria. As I said, not being able to satisfy the social norms. And so,
1: uh, our gender dis- do yes. gender dysphoric people hate their own own body? Like, their, their I guess gender
3: stuff. dysphoria can um differ from person to person right the way each individual experiences gender dysphoria is different so you can't really exactly give a good example of how a person experiences gender dysphoria i guess
1: yeah i see
2: like to answer the question around do they hate yeah. their bodies it's a very subject
1: i see so coming to the gender thing, uh, Marnina, you said that gender, the validity of genders is in question. And so what was about it? What were you saying?
2: I am a psychology student. So I see
1: Yeah.
2: in psychology, we what about mm-hmm. gender roles? And if you study the concept mm-hmm. of gender roles and the social norm mm-hmm. of gender, you will, as Manu said, realize that gender is nothing but a, but a yeah. social construct. I think it is a mm-hmm. construct in order to validate the male and female between the male sex and the female sex
1: wait so male and female are two sexes or are there
3: so the male and female no is the sex right boy girl yeah. man yeah. woman these are yeah. genders
1: yeah and i personally think that most people okay. in this world don't actually conform to their assigned gender yeah
3: not everyone conforms people... to their assigned gender and this can be at a very young age
1: i think most
0: people this don't can be conform. at
3: a very young age yeah. a little maybe a little after puberty or around the time that they're going to get their puberty it it differs from person to person so yes
2: as Manu put it. Now, you see, gender is a social norm mm-hmm. that was to validate the difference between the male and the female sex. Okay. Now, many people might question "Ki okay, we are just trying to differentiate between the two sexes. <laughs> What's wrong mm-hmm. with that? We are not saying anything is wrong with that, yeah. but tell me, Noel, do you need social norms to differentiate between <laughs> two for, sexes. Can you not tell from biological characters? I, I character? would say
1: there are more than two genders. Isn't that counterproductive too?
2: I'd say no. Why? Because you see, when, even when I mentioned the statement that genders are an idea society came up with.
1: Yeah.
2: It does not mean that five people were sitting inside a room, smoking weed and they were like,
0: I mean, it's a possibility. I'll I'll just say that it's a possibility, but okay.
2: No, 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 no. See, this is why centrists are not allowed in politics. (laughs) Okay, carry on.
1: Marnina, you said the point is to abolish genders. And so, Hmm. isn't it counterproductive that many people, especially liberals, are creating new gender identities every day? And like, isn't it counterproductive?
2: The thing is that The traditional notion of gender that we had Mm -hmm. it did not count everyone in. People could not be put in it because human mind is way more complex than binaries. Yeah. So liberals want to expand that.
1: Yeah, but putting labels on yourselves is counterproductive. And so, isn't it bad?
2: Yes. Now, coming to that, why I am not very much
1: against
2: it. Mm-hmm. At the point, my theory is that when they keep increasing, no matter how much they keep increasing labels, mm-hmm. they will not be able to house each and every person.
1: Yeah.
2: Which is where we will find the need for abolishment of gender. That's first point. Secondly, more than abolishment of gender, we should educate people about gender roles and how they are a scam. Mm-hmm how gender roles are a scam and we should normalize breaking gender roles. I see. Facts like men can wear skirts, mm-hmm. whatever gender roles okay. are. And this is a very slow process. <laughs> now as to transcend into this, as slowly gender roles would be dealt with,
1: mm-hmm.
2: as would slowly you know, end gender roles Ki men cannot wear that, women cannot do that, people would see that there would be no need for gender.
1: Yeah.
2: There is no need for gender. There is gender, you establish gender equality Mm -hmm. and you also abolish gender roles from society and in practicality not just on pen and paper and what else is the need of gender? Mm -hmm. You don't need gender anywhere. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So automatically people will start moving away from the idea. I see. And that is the I feel that is the correct way to approach it. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that liberals think, okay, this is bad. I will ban this and it will end.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The world is simple. Mm-hmm. I cannot just create infinite amount of gender identities.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What, but what I can do is that I can kill gender roles. Yeah. anyone, regardless of what sex they are, Mm -hmm. can wear anything they want. And if they think that their sex Mm -hmm. does not suit them, they can also change it.
1: Yeah.
2: After, of course, consultation. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, sex?
2: This this will automatically create objective conditions where gender is not necessary. Mm -hmm. And people will automatically reject the idea. I see we will not have to interfere there. All we have to do is that we need to deal with gender roles Mm -hmm. and gender inequality. Mm -hmm.
1: And I actually disagree with you on some points here, but we can move on. So, Marnina, we know that Curephobia exists in this country and in this world. And why do you think that Curephobia is so prevalent in this world?
2: It is prevalent because lack of education and awareness around the queer community and of course the right wing stupidity has a lot to contribute to it of course yeah, yeah. and those are the largest reasons
1: mm-hmm.
2: the queers are just like any minority dude who have been suppressed in every section of the world that's all
1: but queers are being demonized from ancient times like Not ancient times, but you know, why is it? Is there something? Medieval times. Yeah,
3: I feel like religious influence also has something to do with queerphobia here, Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm not sure how how much of this is true, but I mean, being queer is a sin uh, in quite a few religions, as far as I know, and so
2: i know that in christianity and islam it is the same mm-hmm. can say about hinduism
3: yeah i cannot say about hinduism either but um and obviously christianity and islam is quite widespread and um because of its huge community i guess they also influence the people around them and yeah, yeah. Yes, I mean, your answer
2: is right, but again, how did that queer come up in Christianity in Islam? Yeah. The question still remains unanswered, but what are the actual origins of queer phobia? No? Yeah. Do you,
1: have an, do you have an answer for
3: it? Um I'm not really sure. I guess um it would be from the source, like you know, their religious um scriptures. <clears throat> and how exactly Actually, I I an the reasons of even, its origins in is a yes. mystery to me, to be honest. But I guess um religious practices I feel like are one of the reasons why there is queerphobia.
1: But like even in Hinduism so, and India, phobia is very prevalent. Origins. And so it is pretty widespread. No,
2: no, no. If you look at the very core origins, yeah, I think Oh, I think I found the reason. The core reason why queerphobia be- became so prevalent.
3: Mm-hmm. Why?
2: Because Nong is a centrist.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Madhina.
0: Okay, and um, talking about this, how do you guys feel about queerphobia in the community itself? And um, what are some flaws that you see in the queer slash LGBTQIAB um, movement? Um, would you guys like like to talk about that?
3: Yeah, so I'd like to Go say first. that first of all, um queer phobia in the community itself is also because of the internalized queer phobia that we all have, right, and that's also because of the influence of the people they've um each individual has been around. And um, second is um, sometimes there are some queers out there who believe that there are some checkpoints that are there to be accepted as Mm -hmm. a queer person. Like um, there's something that you need to, uh, what's the word?
1: Gatekeeping exactly the right, I guess,
3: there's like a there's like a particular attribute that you need uh to show that to become a queer person, <laughs> and that's also a reason for queer phobia. This is what I believe okay and
0: um uh, how do you feel about this
3: i you know I will
2: like address both the questions in the same answer. I will add about the queer internal queer phobia of the community. In the force of the queer movement, too. I hope that's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Go on.
2: Uh, so, if I were to begin with the queer phobia, when I say queer phobia inside the community, I think this, a huge target of it is the trans community and the ace or aero, like asexual or aromantic community, they are the biggest victims of it. And why is it? Because Huh? Because you see, our when we like somewhere we have seen that homosexuals have become a dominant representation of the queer community. Mm-hmm. It <coughs> somehow has become like that. You know, whenever someone says queer, the first thing that pops up into your mind is homosexuality.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So. And this discourse that went around homosexuality for such a long time, this kind of sidelined other identities. But now other identities are also coming up. And you see, when this political discourse and everything was running around homosexuality, I think the gay community somewhere, or the homosexual community somewhere ignored and still ignores the rights of the trans community. the validation of the as- asexual or aromantic community. I've seen that happen. I
3: feel like That's one because um, the gay community is so dominant in the LGBTQIA plus community, I feel like they dictate a lot of um, the things that happen in the community itself. They
2: dictate it, but the narrative very much revolves around it. Yeah. And I think the second point there would be a point of caste and class privilege. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You see, acceptance of the queer community, unfortunately, is mostly limited to some specific families, some very few families of the richest and most privileged places of India. Like, you know, awareness around the community is like, how do I put it? Ke, you know, people who come out on internet, which has become a huge platform these days, Yeah. especially with the lockdown, mm-hmm. people who come out on the internet and talk for the queer community, mm-hmm. queers who come out, you will often see that most of them are Rahul and Lavanya from South Delhi and South Bombay.
1: Yeah. Thank you for
2: saying that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I relate now. I relate. So, what happens there is is somewhere we, the people who, you know, are aware of our identities, but do not belong to the South Delhi, South Bombay class. We do not like, you know, we do not bourgeoisie bodies and Mercedes. We are not the bourgeoisie. Thank you. Reference to our communism episode, please. So, so, since we do not refer to that class, we somewhere become disillusioned with the movement. We feel like we are being left out. Which is true for a lot of people in the community. And I have seen this. A lot of people are like, okay, but our issues, how do we make, you know, Middle class parents in rural or semi-urban areas understand. South Delhi South Bombay, hai. you can show them YouTube videos or you can forward them articles on WhatsApp, they will read it. And then put, something might happen, might. Mm-hmm. That might emphasizing on the might. Something might happen. You cannot do that with you know if I were to. This is this would be horrible generalization. And but Unfortunately, it's true. If I were to do that in some semi-urban or rural area, it would it would not work. That gives the movement a class character. Mm-hmm. That the movement is very much
3: dominated by
2: the upper class.
3: It's, now, I feel like, no, and... I mean, it's dominant in the upper class because the upper class, yeah, like you said, has more um, exposure to internet com- compared to the rural class.
2: Yes, they have higher exposure to the internet, to better education, to better social learning, social conditioning. They have all of those facilities provided to them, born with a silver spoon. So their acceptance becomes easier. But what happens is that the discourse becomes very dominated there. Yeah, yeah. Know? And what will happen is that a huge part of the community will start to feel yes. disillusioned.
3: Now, I have a question. How is it, How do we educate the people in the semi-urban and rural areas about the queer community? Do you have any thoughts on this? Yes, I do. <clears throat> Yes, I do. I do have
2: thoughts on this. For this, I would like to take a small stroll down a lane called history. Okay. Let's let's come back to nine. Let's come back to the 20th century. Mm. Okay. We have in the 20th century we had two main camps in the women empowerment movement. I'm not calling it the feminist movement. Mm. You will see why. In the movement of women empowerment, there were two camps. One were the feminists. Others were Mm. the socialists. Feminist camp back in the early 20th century, that is World War Mm. I, World War II time, included the liberal feminists and the bourgeois feminists. Then, there was a socialist camp which included what Today, we would call Marxist mm. feminists. It didn't yeah. people like Zara Latkin and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
3: Rosa
2: Luxemburg and Vladimir Lenin's wife was also in that camp. I cannot just remember mm. her name, I cannot remember her name. I mean, and even if I remember her name, I won't be able to pronounce it. So, like, you see, these were the two camps. Now, the thing with the liberal feminist camp was the fact that it was a very, it was considered to be an ideology for white, rich women. A symbol of privilege. Whereas the socialists could gain huge amounts, could create huge rallies of women because they could appeal to the working class women, the middle class women. And that is what helped the socialist. Camp to have huge achievements, even 8th, March international women's day. It was first celebrated as the international working women's day for international working class women's day. And it was, this idea was proposed and adopted in the international socialist Congress in New York in 1921. If I'm not very much wrong, this idea was adopted there. And it was an idea of the socialist movement. So how did the socialists manage to turn reactionary classes into progressive ones? You see what I will take the example of Russia here. What the Bolsheviks used to do was that at evening or at night during the revolution and even before it they would give classes To the working class explaining to them why gender equality is important and the basic concepts of marxism and that is something even and this basically gave them a huge view what happened was that they gave the working class classes about gender equality and ideas of marxism in the evening or at night which raised class consciousness and also consciousness about progressive ideas and their importance their value now we can do the same with the Indian working class. We just need the reach along with the basic ideas that are relevant to them. Ideas like economic oppression of capitalism and everything. We can also give them progressive ideas of gender inequality of, sorry, of gender equality and about sexuality and sex. It's possible. It was done in the 20th century with the women empowerment issue. It can be done again in the 21st century with the LGBTQIA plus issue. It's just that it's just that we have to come out of the bubble of Rahul and Lavanya of South Delhi and South Bombay. Or else there will be no change. Okay,
0: um, so moving on, um, this would be the last question for today's episode. So, um, before we end this, I would like to ask you guys, um, what would your advice be for closeted individuals and individuals who are still confused about their sexuality? Um,
3: to my... Fellow queers who are closeted, I'd like to say that you are valid even if you're closeted, first of all. And second, as much as being proudly raw and authentic matters, so does your safety. And it's important that you're able to come out in a safe environment where you know that you're not going to be harmed or hurt in any manner. Um, Come out to the people who you know will support you through this time and not people who will make you doubt yourself even more. And yeah, that's it. So
2: what Manu said is
3: absolutely right.
2: Nothing is above your safety and please do keep that in your mind. But instead of repeating the points that Manu mentioned, I would like to mention something else that educate not only others, but yourself, read about all types of genders and sexualities, read stuff out on the internet. You have a lot of resources, read them, read, whatever is available to you and try to figure yourself out. That is the next step, organize yourself and others, figure yourself out what's going on with you. What is your identity? And then move to the next step, agitate. Once you feel that you're safe, come out to people. And try fighting for your life, for your existence, for your rights.
0: Well, thank you for staying through till the end. That's it for today's episode. I would love to thank my guests, Marnina and Manu for joining us today. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.